Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. Greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. My name is Aaron McIntyre. He is Todd Erzin. Noticeably missing from the Steve Dace Show is Steve Dace himself. If you haven't been on social media or haven't heard otherwise yet, Steve spent a good how many hours, Todd? Six, seven hours, most overnight at a local emergency room here in Des Moines, Iowa. Just moments ago, just moments ago, he posted on Twitter an update of what has happened and transpired over the last few days. Without further ado, I know a lot of you are curious about his status, so I just want to read this Twitter post for you to open things up. He writes, Steve here, I'm back sorta after a very rough night thanks to my awesome wife Amy for handling all this over the last 18 hours or so. She got me through this despite still recovering from a torn meniscus on her end. Here's what happened. On Thursday, I started developing an upper body infection out of nowhere. In typical guy fashion, I figured I'd just power through it, even though it got progressively worse throughout the weekend. Monday morning, I woke up in searing pain. I went to the urgent care clinic, and they gave me a strong antibiotic and pain relief, and I went and did the show from there. I also had a full day of nefarious meetings and interviews scheduled after the show, too, that I couldn't afford to miss, but I was getting increasingly weaker as the day went on. I know a lot of you were shocked to hear that he was dealing with an infection because he didn't say a word about it yesterday on the show and powered through, and I thought he sounded great, even though I knew he was in some pain and in various ways. Steve continues on Twitter, That evening, my body completely shut down. This is last night and I was having terrible shakes and chills on top of the pain. I started getting disoriented. Amy rushed me to the ER. We were there about eight hours, and I don't remember a lot of it. I vaguely remember some guys from our small group, and another buddy of mine came and prayed with me, but I was out of it a lot, and according to Amy, babbling incoherently at times. She says this is the worst she's ever seen me in 27 years of marriage. The ER doctors and nurses at Mercy Westlakes, that's a major hospital here in Des Moines, did a tremendous job despite being overwhelmed with patients. As, a, as my wife is a nurse, she says, one of the busiest days of the year, of course, after holidays, but after Easter in particular. They were able to physically remove a massive bacterial infection from my body in the least painful way possible. I woke up just a little bit ago feeling the best I have in several days, except for there's a literal hole in my upper body still healing from where the infection was. I'm obviously still sore from that, and as a result, I'll need my first sick day today in five years. In fact, I'll be popping another hydrocodone shortly after publishing this. Barring any unforeseen setbacks, should be back on the show tomorrow. Can't tell you how moved both Amy and I were by all the texts, messages, social media posts, etc. We've received with prayers, encouragement, and well wishes. I get choked up as I write this, just thinking about it again. I love you all too. I'm overwhelmed with the support and affection. You might make me have to abandon my black sheep trope once and for all. Finally, the only two times I've had to miss work in the last five years were the result of strange and extremely painful bacterial infections and inflammations whose origins doctors weren't sure of. One happened at Christmas in 2021, shortly after we wrapped filming of Nefarious in Oklahoma, as they tried unsuccessfully to shut down our production. The other just now over Easter following a successful red carpet premiere. 
And after receiving news, we've grown from just over 500 theaters two weeks ago to nearly 1,000 nationwide when we open on Friday. As Nefarious himself would say, probably just a coincidence. I just want to reiterate, and I know as Steve just did there, he would echo this as well. Last night on Twitter, trending nationwide in the top 25 was praying for Steve. And it's humbling just watching this as a part of this show, humbling watching so many of you so concerned and actively praying. So thank you on behalf of this show, which bears Steve's, Steve's name. I'm, I'm sure he would say the same thing as well. Thank you for doing that. And uh, Todd, I know there's a lot that you want to say in the wake of what's gone on, especially over the last 24 hours or so. And uh, I, I would just say this as well. Two things. One, kind of what Steve was talking about there. Probably just a coincidence. This week of all weeks, he has a massive, painful bacterial infection. What's going on this week? What's going on this week? If you listen to the show, you know that Steve's movie, which has been anticipated by, of course, him chiefly, but all of you for going on, what, six, seven years now? It finally debuts. Those who have ears to hear. I would also say as well, on social media last night, seeing all of the demonic ghouls celebrating Steve's stay in the emergency room, and there were a lot of them. I promise you this, Steve wears that as a badge of honor. What has he said multiple times, Todd? His goal in life, one of his goals in life, is when they finally put him six feet under, is for hell to wipe the sweat off its brow. And so uh, that last night, I saw that, and there were a lot of people. I promise you who wears that as a badge of honor. And I'm proud to be associated with him. Todd, I know you have a number of thoughts you'd like to share. What's your big takeaway, if we can say that somewhat tritely, in the wake of what's gone down over the last few hours? Well, anything worth doing in life uh, really must be anointed through suffering. That's not my grand philosophy. The Lord himself promised his disciples. They did this to me. I love you, but prepare them to do this for you. True love, the truest love of all, has been shown that it comes through suffering. And I don't believe this is a coincidence. I believe that this movie, because it's not merely a movie, it's a ministry, is now being anointed through stu suffering. Steve has been uh, pushed out uh, uh, into the desert uh, to thirst uh, for a little while. And people talk to us all the time or ask him about, you know, how he compartmentalizes things on the show. Well, you can only do that uh, so much. Ultimately, the thing that really, I think allows Steve to do what many of you, I think, seems superhuman at times, is to do something quite simple. It's to get up and put one foot in front of the other and to act. By your fruits, you will know them. 
Steve's the first to tell you that he's got gigantic feet of clay, that he should, by rights, not be where he is in many fronts, yet he is. Because he was and is faithful. It's about who the authority is, his whims, his passions, his whatevers, or God. And he's here. This show is here. This movie is here. His family is here because of God. Setting the excuses aside and making first things first. It's why we are so stubborn on this show. This is not, we hope it's entertaining, but it is not merely entertainment. This is the 11th hour. You got to go out and do something. You got to go out and be hands and feet. And now this movie, I just got done saying, this isn't an end of the, the, it's a beginning. We want you to go out and watch it. It's going to make a couple bucks. That's going to be nice. But most importantly, we want it to change the world. So no, I don't believe any of this is a coincidence. This ministry is being anointed through suffering. So, anointed how? What do we do? What do we do to go forward? Well, we have to understand one thing I've been trying to tell you is that the lie is the point. Is that just a clever phrase? Well, we're going to have Riley Gaines on today. The world is turned upside down on gender. Healthcare. They're still pushing a poisonous jab. We, across the board, borders, elections, they, they want you to believe fundamentally at an atomic level that the lie is the point. What do I mean? Let me stand on the shoulder of giants, somebody other than Steve Dace today. C.S. Lewis, in Mere Christianity, he talks about the whole notion that the people who lie to you about there being no mal- uh, morality, uh, and, they, and, and this is what they use to say there is no God. They'll be the first ones, and he, he actually uses the term uh, I, on the subway, if uh, somebody accidentally trips you, well, it's just an accident, but if somebody purposely trips you when you're on the subway walking through, you'll instantly get up and take umbrage with that. That's wrong. You know that in your bones at an atomic level. The devil hates that. Steve tried to tell you through a nefarious plot, and now this movie's coming out, exactly how much the devil hates that. And that this country, founded on a creed, based fundamentally on the rights of God, while one of the things that confused the devil the most, ultimately said was going to be the great undoing of God himself, that God would have to admit that he was wrong. And that would happen by bearing this notion that we will believe down is up and up is down. Because now, again, C.S. Lewis said that about an incident that happens on a subway. Now, quite frequently, we have examples on subways of people beating on each other, harassing each other, molesting each other, and everybody sits by and watches and does nothing. We've gotten so used to it. That's why, to come full circle, I'm so proud of the fact we talked about it yesterday. Aaron was the main conduit between our uh, muckney mucks 
Gaston and Tyler, but do you, what do we do? Do we, do we, uh, there's contractual obligations. Do we want an evergreen stuff like that? This is just made there's first and foremost, who are we? What do we do? And in this moment, when it's so damn obvious that Steve is over the target with this show, with that movie, with his ministry as a whole, no, we don't go quiet. No. So we come in. I'm not Steve. Aaron's not Steve. But we're inspired by Steve. And we're going to go to work. And we're going to do our best with this show. And then hopefully everybody who has ears to hear, just like Aaron said, will go do their best. Go do what they can at their school board meeting. Go see that movie and then go in and see how they can change the world. Again, the hour is late. We must do better. We must show up. So that's what we're doing on this show today. Outcomes are for God, but we must show up. And so we are. And uh, thank and, and again, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Amy, uh, for inspiring us. Uh, with uh, your grace, keeping people uh, inspired just by your uh, communication. We're not supposed to hide our light under a bush and basket. And that's especially when we suffer, because that's when the light shines all the brightest. Here I am, Lord. Send me all the time. Amen, Todd. Amen. Um. This will obviously be and feel and look a little bit different from a typical day's show, being that it's just Todd and I, but we will not be alone for the entire show. You mentioned the happy warrior who should not have to be, but she's taking up the mantle to save women's sports, save girls' sports. That would be Riley Gaines, who was assaulted and held hostage in San Francisco just late last week. She will be joining us at the bottom of this hour. Top of hour two, fake news or not, is still on. Todd has a column that he's going to hit me with cold, and we'll play that for fake news or not. Get my instant reaction to that. Finally, Anna Hibbs. You know, Steve is gone, but the torture of TikTok remains. She will be joining us at the bottom of hour two. But of course... Still uh, a Tuesday, still a regular day. That means it's time for what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Silly Joe. Only chickens lay eggs at a White House Easter event for children yesterday. Al Roker of NBC asked Joe Biden if he's running for president again in 2024. Well, I'll either be rolling egg or you know, being the, the good, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on, help a, bro- help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No, I, well, I'm, I plan on running now, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. Biden also signed legislation Monday to end the national emergency for COVID-19 in a move that will not affect the end of the separate public health emergency scheduled for May 11th. The legislation Biden signed was passed with bipartisan majorities in both the House and the Senate. At the Pentagon, spokesman John Kirby provided an update on the leak of allegedly classified documents from the Department of Defense. And as for the source, as you know, the Department of Defense has referred this to the Department of Justice for a criminal investigation, and I certainly would refer you to them, but I'm not aware that they've come to any conclusions at this point about where they're coming from. And just to follow up on that, um, at this point, do you believe the leak is contained? Are there more documents out there that have not been released publicly? Is this an ongoing threat? We don't know. You may remember the name Tiffany Dover. She's a healthcare worker who went viral back in late 2020 after she collapsed in public after receiving the COVID jab. She's back, and despite dropping off the face of the planet for almost three years, she says everybody who thinks the COVID jabs are bad are conspiracy theorists. Why not come out and dispel these rumors? Initially, that was exactly what I wanted to do. 
And unfortunately, I was told that that absolutely would not happen. The hospital told you not to speak out. Correct. Yes, it would be irrecoverable damage is what I was told if I was to speak out and have another episode. Instead, the hospital put out this video, intending to show she was alive, but the so-called Tiffany truthers picked it apart and used it as fuel. Online anti-vaxxers in the movement are sort of using you as their poster girl. It's hard to think that you are being used to detour somebody from getting the vaccine. And that, that was really hard for me to cope with. Are you saying you blamed yourself? Yes, absolutely. I wish that we would have used it as a platform to speak out on the fact that people do pass out after getting shots, vaccines, but that is not a reason to not proceed with getting them. Special report from the Washington Post. Three years after the coronavirus pandemic began, a growing number of scientists are reconsidering the dangers of prospecting for unknown pathogens and conducting other high-stakes work worldwide, a.k.a. gain-of-function research. Dispatches from Trump World. Donald Trump posted this on Truth Social the other day. Quote, Ron DeSantis is a young man who is not doing well against me in the pools, to put it mildly. I believe if he decides to run for president, which will only hurt and somewhat divide the Republican Party, he will lose the cherished and massive MAGA vote and never be able to successfully run for office again. If he remains governor, which is what Florida voters assumed, it would be a whole different story. Just saying, but who knows? Trump humper Alex Brusowitz tweeted, then deleted this yesterday. My sources are saying Rob DeSantis's manhood is well below average, around four inches. Who would you rather have, small meatballs or a big throbbing Trump? I know who I'm taking. A bevy of women's professional athletes have signed a letter voicing their opposition to measures aimed at protecting women's sports. Among the signatories of the letter are women's soccer star Megan Rapinoe, not a surprise, and former women's basketball star Sue Bird. Expelled Tennessee lawmaker Justin Pearson went from staging an insurrection at the Tennessee State House last week to preaching, if you can call it that, on Easter Sunday. He called upon his dead relatives to speak through him in a prayer. Would you mind going ahead and praying with me now, Mother God, Creator God, loving God, holy God. Take this, your servant, made from dust and connect it with the raw materials of stardust to speak in this moment, to say something that brings forward the word you placed into my heart. I accept my unworthiness for such a task as bold as this, and I seek your guidance as you use me and speak through me. To the ancestor preachers who made sermons from hymns, moans, and groans and spirituals from the bondage of slavery speak now through this your descendant and now five deep state stories that have broken in just the last few days we'll begin with this the weaponization of government committee in the house has discovered that the fbi did indeed send undercover agents into catholic churches to investigate those parishes for domestic extremism Jim Jordan writes in a letter to FBI Director Chris Ray, quote, based on the limited information produced by the FBI to the committee, we now know the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to produce its analysis and that the FBI proposed that its agents engage in outreach to Catholic parishes to develop sources among the clergy and church leadership to inform on Americans practicing their faith. This news comes as new documents produced by the Heritage Foundation's Oversight Project finds the FBI has been keeping a glossary of common internet and social media lingo and linking it to domestic terrorism. A couple of examples of this glossary includes the term red-pilled and the word based, which the FBI says can link users who use those terms 
to domestic terror. Next, we now know the Biden White House was involved with the Mar-a-Lago raid through a quote-unquote special access request. That's according to America First legal and documents obtained from the National Archives. We also now know, thanks to a D.C. court filing yesterday, that the number of informants working for various government agencies at various levels during the events at the Capitol on January 6th of 2021, these are confidential human sources, informants, what have you, There were around 50 or more of them. Finally, the FBI Boston Division, along with the U.S. Army Special Operations Command, are apologizing after a training mission at a Boston hotel sent agents to the wrong room. At around 10 p.m. last Tuesday night, FBI agents pounded on the door of two pilots for Delta Airlines who were fast asleep. They handcuffed and interrogated one of the pilots in the shower of the room for 45 minutes before they realized their mistake. And finally, at this point, I think it's fitting for an I told you so from former Senator Ron Paul. Here he is in a video almost 40 years ago. Uh, you know, most of our history, we didn't, didn't have those institutions. The FBI came in uh, during the First World War. And interestingly enough, the one thing that Woodrow Wilson did, he used the FBI to spy on American citizens and actually arrest them if they disagreed with his foreign policy about going to war in Europe. And isn't it interesting how recent they used it in the Vietnam era? Democrats used it there. Republicans used the FBI to spy on a hundred different groups in this country, including the churches, who disagree with the policy in uh, Central America. It almost looks like the FBI was designed to spy on Americans who might be disagreeing uh, with policy, especially the foreign policy. So the FBI, although I don't think I can condemn everything they've ever done, because I'm sure uh, some of the investigations and investigation of crime uh, has been beneficial, but that could be accomplished through justice department within our states we wouldn't reject that uh, portion of it i think the the fbi has uh, kept and continues to keep a lot of records on a lot of individuals the cia has only been here since 1947 their record is lousy and that's what happened while we were away Today's montage brought to you by our good friends at Eden Pure. You can purify the air in your home and get healthy, clean, fresh-smelling air, eliminate odors and kill mildew and mold and bacteria and viruses. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier uses Oxy technology that naturally sends out O3 molecules into the air, which seek out odor and air pollutants in your home and destroys them. It doesn't mask or cover up bad odors and pollutants. It just eliminates them. It's called the Thunderstorm Air Purifier because it purifies the air in your home and provides you with pure, fresh air, just like after a thunderstorm. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. For whole home protection, you'll get three units for under $200. It's a fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers that can go for over $600. Put one in your basement, bedroom, family room, kitchen, or anywhere you need clean, fresh air. This special offer, you're getting three units for under $200. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com, put in the discount code STEVE to save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com, discount code STEVE. Shipping also is free, EdenPureDeals.com. Todd, there are a couple of things. Well, first, I want to say this. That expelled Tennessee lawmaker who was preaching and praying at a church in Tennessee. Usually, as you just saw, if you're watching, air quotes are appropriate on all three of those things. That's not a church. It's not really praying. He's not really preaching. Except I think in this case, air quotes are not necessary. I believe he was absolutely praying to a deity there. 
Absolutely he was. Mother God, and he calls on Mother God to help his dead relatives speak through him. That sounds like witchcraft to me, but but I digress. Uh, next. Yeah, can, oh, if I may, Glenn, yeah, go ahead. Glenn Beck was just, he did his entire show last Friday uh, on basically paganism, the return of the old gods. Uh, the author of that book is escaping me at the moment. But he's like, again, in our comfort, in our largesse right now, basically, if I may sum up all of Glenn's work on that show is look to your left and look to your right. And that person that's kind of dressed, even the person that's dressed like you, all right, might be in the same restaurant as you, all right, they have a lot more in common with the Aztec throwing their baby into the volcano than they have with you. And until we wrap our brain around that, and yeah, that's something else, but it's true. And that's what Aaron's saying right now, that that's who that guy is praying to. And that's not something that you just peaceably move along and say, well, I guess, you know, agree to disagree. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Next up, I don't really know if there's any more time that needs to be spent on those five, five stories, Todd, just in the last four days, few days, I should say, five stories about FBI and other alphabet agencies at various levels of government, federal, all the way down to the local, and that case in D.C. regarding the Proud Boys and all the confidential informants or sources that they had working there. I know we've talked about on the show how a litmus test, the number one litmus test for any candidate of any office is the life issue. And that is going to remain true, I think, until probably the end of time, because that's a window to the soul. If you're shaky on the life issue, if you're shaky on that, you're going to be shaky on almost everything. I would like to propose another litmus test, not to that level, but I think it's pretty important and probably should be at least for the near future. If we have any chance of saving what's left of Western civilization in America, the second litmus test that maybe should be up there. Do you vow? And I'm talking about all the way down to dog catcher, county sheriff, state judges. Do you vow to do everything in your power to smash the FBI in these other agencies into a million pieces? If the answer is anything short of yes, I think that person probably doesn't know what time it is or they're in on the corruption. Your thoughts, Todd? Well, Ron Paul obviously gets He was right again. As well as I did. But as I've told you on the show many times before, you know, the conservative instinct to just kind of believe uh, that police uh, back the blue, no no matter what. And if we didn't learn, you know, through how they behave themselves during COVID, I I don't know that we ever will. But it's an odd instinct to have as a conservative governments. Leave me alone. Stay out of our lives. Small government. Well, the cops are the form of government and the FBI. These are federal cops. They have the sticks. They have the guns. They have the arrest power. How do you put that on autopilot? That's again, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. They've saw how you let them do that. You haven't questioned who they are and what they intend. And now they're inside your churches. They're watching if you Google the wrong term. Again, you, you don't have a choice. You can't live and let live with this. So the, my answer here is the same as it was for the last one. What are you prepared to do? It's time to ask yourself, Dr. Jones, two Sean Connery movies. What do you believe? 
tr- we must try harder on that front because right now what we believe is comfort at all costs no matter how that degrades us mind body and soul finally before this segment comes to the, to an end uh, tiffany dover that nurse who was an early adopter of the covid jab back in december of 2020 that's when that video that you saw went down where she took the jab and she collapsed almost immediately we'd heard zip zilch nada zip zilch nada out of her for now going on two and a half almost three years and now she's back on NBC calling those who questioned why she was why she was absent, calling all of those people conspiracy theorists. That clip that I played for you, though, essentially what she's saying is all you all you people who doubted the jab, you're conspiracy theorists. But, uh, yeah, the hospital actually muzzled me. What do you do with that time? I mean, so first hello, of all, any, anybody home? What the hell do you do with that? Uh, s- She's a bit unique. Normally, the answer would be, again, another layer of magical power of the vaccines. But also, Aaron, how much do you think she got paid? (laughs) How rich is she right now? Uh, She, I mean, she's dressed pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Pfizer has a lot of different kinds of magic. And one of them is to, as long as you're willing to make the lie the point, we got some cash for you. What do you, how do you think that describes how doctors behave? The lie is the point. That is making more and more sense every single time you say it, Todd. And that's not, that's not a good thing. We'll be back. Riley Gaines, the happy warrior who should not have to be, will join us next. It is almost that time coming soon in uh, Carlisle, Iowa to a to a deck on a warm spring or summer's night. You will find one Todd Erzin reaching into his ice filled Tyga cooler and pulling out an ice cold bottle of vinegar. If you would like to take a page out of Todd Erzin's playbook and enjoy a nice frosty beverage courtesy of Taiga Coolers, you should do so. It is spring and it's time to get back out in the sun. If you're headed out, you're going to need some great coolers. You need to get a Taiga Cooler. Taiga Coolers are heavy-duty, built-to-last coolers that come in lots of colors and they can be customized for personal and corporate gifts or events. Best of all, they keep food and drinks cool. Now, all three of us on the show have a customized Taiga cooler that they made just for us. They're really cool. They work really, really well. I can personally attest to that. We just celebrated one year of being in our new home. I remember using our Taiga cooler heavily around this time last year to keep all the contents of our refrigerator cold, and it did the job. Taiga Coolers is a veteran-owned cooler company made in the USA, employing Americans unlike most every other cooler brand and company that makes products in China. And the price is less than those of other premium coolers you see in the stores or see advertised. Most importantly, they're in stock. No supply chain issues here. 
You can choose a lid and base color and create your own design as well as add any image to the lid within reason. Go to taigacoolers.com. That's T-A-I-G-A, taigacoolers.com. And design one for you, your family, friends, or your clients. Enter the promo code STEVE for a 10% discount. They make great gifts and come with a lifetime warranty. Taiga Coolers, living the cooler life. Visit T-A-I-G-A, TaigaCoolers.com, or your local participating Ace Hardware dealers. We are now joined by the happy warrior who should not be in the position that she is in right now, but she has taken up the mantle nonetheless and done it extremely effectively and being an advocate for Save Women's Sports. We are joined by Riley Gaines. Riley, thanks for joining the Steve Day Show today, minus Steve Dace. I'm Aaron. He's Todd. We'll be kind of steering the interview um, today so far. Of course, you were in the headlines uh, all all weekend, really, for what went down at San Francisco State University, I believe, on Thursday evening. Just some incredible video emerged from that event. But I want to get your perspective, being on the end of the mob that you were, being confronted by that angry mob. I want to get your perspective. Give us a play-by-play kind of event detail of what went down that Thursday night. Absolutely. First of all, I want to say my prayer is out to Steve. I've been following and my heart breaks for him, but I'm praying for him. Um, But the events, what happened? I was invited to speak at San Francisco State University through um, actually the Leadership Institute and Turning Point. Um, They'd asked me to come talk about saving women's sports, which is what I've been doing the past year. My argument is nothing more than men and women. Of course, we're equal, but we're different. And men are advantageous in a way, especially Um, when it comes to sports and something that requires sheer strength and athleticism, therefore should not compete against women, nor change in our locker rooms or use our sex protected spaces. That's the whole argument, right? It seems pretty straightforward. So I give my speech and of course there's a lot of protesters in the room who were relatively um, peaceful, we'll say, but after the event, a mob, I'm talking hundreds of individuals within this LGBTQ or ally, I guess, community, swarmed the room, they flickered the lights, they turned the lights off, they ambushed me, Um, I was physically assaulted. I had not been contacted by the campus police at this time, although we were supposed to talk with each other before the event, an hour and a half before we were supposed to meet, but the police did not show up. Um, And so I was unaware that there was anyone in the room to even protect me, but an officer who was not wearing any sort of clothing that would alert me, she was an officer, came up and tried to escort me but I didn't want to follow her because I didn't believe she was an officer. Um, But after some pushing and shoving, I kind of went with her and we went out into the hallway to which was filled with protesters still. And so um, we got pushed into a side room um, along that hallway where I was barricaded for over three hours. Um, It was, (laughs) it was traumatic, truly these people thinking about what they wanted to do to me and what they would have done to me had an officer not stepped in. Um, They were yelling, of course, vulgar, violent, obscene things at both myself and the officers who were um, helping out and protecting me. Um, I ended up missing my flight home because I was barricaded in the room. They were negotiating money. If I wanted to make it home safely, they were negotiating with the the dean of students. Um, And so truly the whole thing, it was just mind-blowing it shows you what the links people will go to to silence you when they don't have science and when they don't have common sense and when they don't have reason on their side 
Hey, Riley. Uh, Ainsley's dad here. Um, glad I get to talk with you again today, and I can't stress enough how uh, I feel a sense of uh, fatherly protection because of you and Ainsley, you know, taking the same baton, and I know the cost it takes. I've had to trans take the, my own children out of the school that Ainsley graduated from last year because of the fallout. The mob hated her for speaking common sense. You just mentioned the up is down down is up nature of this you riley Gaines, are when i was your age you you were the women can have it all poster child this was supposed to be the entire point right riley you you graduated from college you're you're a good student you're an elite athlete you won that race you decorated multiple times over but oh by the way you're also married. You 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 were going to become a uh, dentist, and hopefully that's uh, still in the plans. You you're the feminist dream. You had it all. Now for the sin of basically saying one plus one equals two, and one plus one does not equal cucumber. One plus one does not equal giraffe. It equals two. For that sin, you were attacked by the mob as you just laid out, and now. People like Megan Rapino and Sue Bird are attacking you for, for saying because we have philosophically chosen, not biologically, we philosophically chosen to sterilize ourselves and our own existence because we can't have what you have. We're going to take everything you have. We're going to make the world flat. We're going to make you suffer. What on earth is going on, Riley? Because aren't you the embodiment of what feminism was supposed to be? Well, you know, it's interesting because I think of the original feminist movement, what my understanding of it was. Of course, you, you see the pink hats, you think of the free the nipple movement. Um, so when I call myself a feminist, I don't want to be in that direction. I want to be someone who acknowledges that women deserve respect and that women deserve equal opportunity and privacy and safety and their dignity and all of these different things that Title IX had given us in sports. Um, and so it's so ironic that someone like Megan Rapinoe and Billie Jean King, um, these women were, were once trailblazers for women's sports. I, I've never necessarily agreed with Megan Rapinoe on a lot of things, but I will say she fought for equal access and equal resources and equal pay for women's sports. Um, Billie Jean King, of course, she was a large proponent to women having a sporting category. But now both of these individuals have taken the total opposite approach. It's like the irony behind it all. They're now actively fighting for women to lose out on opportunities by including males into our sex protected spaces and categories. It just doesn't make sense. And I don't understand how more um, people on the left, more feminists, even more people on the right, how, do, how are we not acknowledging and calling out this for exactly what it is? It's virtue signaling. Um, we've seen it time and time again, but Megan Rapinoe, She's done playing. Um, she's almost done playing if she's not done now. And I think it's worth mentioning that she doesn't have a child. She has no one to defend. She's not going to lose an opportunity. So why would she not want to be seen as kind and inclusive and welcoming and accepting and loving and all of those things? But in reality, it's not kind to allow a man into a woman's locker room. And it's not inclusive to allow a man to take a woman's scholarship or opportunities or titles or place on a podium. That's exclusive, and it's exclusive to the very girls 
that Megan Rapino and Billie Jean King and, and these trailblazing women once fought to protect. We talked on the show already today, and we talk quite frequently about this culture currently. The lie is the point. The entire Absolutely. system is trying to make you believe down is up, up is down. Totally. We have all kinds of opinions on the show as, as three guys in a room about the obligations of dads, what we should be doing. But I, I'm a father of four daughters, so I have lots of girls. But you, you have inside information about this. Go, growing up, competing with girls at a high level, go, going through college, going to all the classes you went to, how are you... You're, how are you coming to understand how it came to this point that the the notion of strength for women apparently means on this existential question to be either a absolutely quiet or to be just jo get on the ride and act as crazy as anybody else how did it come to like wh what inside most women somehow turned a corner and got on the crazy train instead of the one that says no this is ours you're not taking it from us right i think there's a couple different things that go into this first of all when this really all started coming to light aggressively i would say in the past two three years maybe we know it's been going on longer than that of course subliminally and at the lower level grassroots level but the past two three years i think women um, specifically even college age women, I think we thought, you know, give an inch, um, and, or, or let's, let's just be kind. Let's be inclusive. It's a one-off basis. But now what we are seeing is give an inch and they'll take a mile. Um, these systems that we have in place, not only just in sports, but also in prisons, all you have to do is say you are a woman to take the identity of a woman to get into women's prisons, which sounds great to a rapist, right? To impregnate and be surrounded by many women. But really what this all is, um, the Bible tells us this is going to happen. This is all prophesized and it's, it's spiritual warfare. It's no longer right versus wrong or good versus bad. This whole movement is moral versus evil. And the Bible also tells us that we will prevail on our side, but it's just a matter of how long we have to endure this. I think COVID, um, that time period where People got sent home. People spent a lot of time on social media. I think that really amped things up and expedited a lot of this movement. And so I think there's a lot that goes into it, but I really like how you mentioned it's denying objective truth. A lot of the stuff we're seeing in regards to changing the language we're using, um, it's no longer breastfeeding, it's chest feeding. It's no longer mother, it's birthing person. So changing the language we're using, um, of course, denying truth, these are things that point to Marxism, and that's what we're seeing. And so it's, it's kind of a chilling thought. I mean, even the, the suppression of free speech, these are all point us, pointing us in the direction of Marxism. And it's about time people open their eyes to see the trajectory of this and where we'll end up in a couple of years if we don't stop this. We have a couple minutes left, but it, since what happened in San Francisco, uh, happened to you. I know Sage Steele stepped forward and says, ladies, what are we doing? Why are we staying quiet? Uh, Megan Kelly was just interviewed about how she kind of tried to find the middle ground in the past and she feels bad about uh, not seeing where this was going to go. I hope you get to go to dental school. Uh, I hope you get to go uh, start your family and do all the things you want to, but uh, you are so important 
right now because the simple fact of the matter is our reality does not understand what a real woman actually is you are one and it's so important that you are not afraid of the spotlight even though you have every reason to turn away from it after what just happened to you you doubled down you said i'm not going anywhere what are your plans now going forward as far as you can see them to continue to shine the light on this ridiculousness and draw more women like megan kelly and sage seal into the spotlight to say enough is enough you got about uh two minutes well, first of all, this whole movement or this whole mob ambush that this um, these protesters were trying to achieve, it totally backfired because it only increased my social media following. It only increased good coverage of what I was there to do and highlighted how unhinged these people and these universities, I think that's important to mention, how unhinged these universities and institutions are. Um, so truthfully, a physical assault I would take a right hook from Mike Tyson if it meant to defend women's rights. That's and again, my girl, Riley Gaines. Yeah. God bless you. I really would. And so I don't know what dental school looks like, but I, I believe I'm going to put it off. This is too important. There's too much at stake. And there's still too few women, powerful, influential women, sticking up for their rights, for their daughter's rights, for their grandmas who fought for Title IX, for their rights. And so... For such a time as this, here I am. And God knows what he's doing. Man, you are a modern-day Joan of Arc, and you're very, very good at this. Thank you so much for standing on this hill. We're with you. We're praying for you. Let us know what we can do for you. You're welcome back anytime. God bless, Riley. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Riley. Um, just a tremendous, a tremendous woman. And I go back to something that she said a little bit earlier in the interview. It is not kind to have dudes undressing in female spaces. I believe, Todd, the blame on where we are right now, whereas you aptly pointed out, Riley should be, you know, she should be enjoying her uh, new marriage right now, maybe going to dental school. But instead, she is on the front lines of an existential cultural battle right now in a just, sane society. Somebody like Riley should not be in that position, but she is. And God bless her and thank God for her that she's not only taken that up, but taken it up with a smile on her face, which is why I call her a happy warrior. But I think the blame for why we are in this position lays squarely at the foot of the American church, like so many other things. The undefinition of the word love. When you undefine what love truly means, you undefine basically every word, including kindness, associated with love. The reason Riley is doing this, actually, because she knows what real love actually is. She actually knows that. And to the world to the mob that accosted her, assaulted her, and held her for ransom on Thursday night in San Francisco, that love looks like hatred. Of course, they're probably on some level being disingenuous about that. They know what they're doing. But this is where we are right now. The undefinition of terms leads to the undefinition of reality itself. And now, because people, forerunners of Riley, did not do enough did not do enough to protect future generations from these types of evils. It's upon her to take that up now. Every time you listen to her, I hope you are inspired, but more than inspired, spurred to action. If she can do this with a plum, so can you. So Amen. what are you waiting for? 
We'll be back, fake news or not, after this. Two of the Steve Dace Show on a Tuesday. Just me, Aaron McIntyre, along with Todd Erzin. Today, Steve is out. If you'd like to know why, we discussed that at the opening of the show. So if you're listening or watching uh, uh, right now live, you can go and catch that discussion on the podcast or video on demand later. Rumble, YouTube, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all of the major platforms where you can go and give us a five-star review if you appreciate Todd and I sitting in for Steve today, although it's really not that not that big of a burden whatsoever. It's a privilege to be here on this day for this reason. If you can't wait till later to go uh, listen to that discussion and we discuss what Steve is going through, the trial that he is enduring right now, he has a statement up, at least on his Twitter feed. I've not checked on Facebook yet, describing what has gone on health-wise over the last four to five days. He is at home right now, getting some much-deserved and needed rest we still covet your prayers and appreciate all of you who have prayed for Steve in, in the past uh, few hours, really going back into to last night when they spent the night at the emergency room. Again, you can find that statement from Steve on his Twitter feed. Coming up later on on the show, just because Steve is gone doesn't mean that Anna Hibbs is not going to come and subject Todd and I to the torture known as TikTok and trivia. I'm, I'm told today, Todd, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm told today the trivia that we will be playing is Steve Dace trivia. I'm not sure what to make of that. I'm not sure what to, I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of looking forward to this because, I mean, we've been working for him for, what, eight years now almost? That's a pretty deep rabbit hole. But it could be a very deep rabbit hole. And I do think some torture in the form of TikTok videos is on the way. Coming up in just a few moments, we'll be playing uh, Fake News or Not. Todd has something he's going to read for me, and I'll react in real time. But first, it's time to talk about our friends at MD Hearing. You know, Easter, barely any holiday. You get together with all of your friends or family especially. It can be one of those times where you start to notice maybe your parent, mom or dad or another loved one be getting up there in age a little bit, having a more difficult time with their hearing and having uh, multiple people in my extended family who suffer from hearing issues. It can be a frustrating experience, especially for the person with, with hearing issues and for those on the other end of the conversation. Maybe that's why you should tell them or research for yourself MD hearing. It's an FDA-registered rechargeable hearing aid that costs a fraction of what typical hearing aids cost. MD Hearing's new Neo model costs over 90% less, 90% less than clinic hearing aids. That's a big deal. I just told you. I've got multiple people in my family, an extended family, with hearing issues, some with clinic hearing aids, and those things are not a joke in terms of pricing. But MD Hearing Aid costs over 90% less than clinic hearing aids. The Neo is MD Hearing's smallest hearing aid ever. It fits inside your ear. No one, no one will even see, know that it's there. MD Hearing Aid actually recently cut their price in half. That means you can get high-quality, rechargeable digital hearing aids for only $149.99 
each when you buy a pair. That's $300 for a pair of hearing aids. Plus, they're rechargeable with the battery life that lasts up to 30 hours. If you aren't familiar, MD Hearing has sold over 1 million hearing aids, and they offer a 45-day risk-free trial with a 100% money-back guarantee so you can buy with confidence. MD Hearing was founded by an ENT surgeon who saw how many of his patients needed hearing aids but couldn't afford them. He made his mission to develop a quality hearing aid that everyone and anyone could afford. But you're wondering, how can they charge just half in this economy for hearing aids? Well, since about 95% of people who need a hearing aid only require a few settings, MD Hearing simplified the need for certain components not needed by most people. Plus, they cut the price hiking middlemen to save you even more money. So if you want MD Hearing's smallest hearing aid ever, go to mdhearing.com, use promo code STEVE, to get their new buy one, get one, $149.99 each offer when you buy a pair. That's a buy one, get one, $149.99 each when you buy a pair. Plus, they're including and adding an additional free extra charging case. That's a $100 value just for listeners of this show. So head to mdhearing.com, mdhearing.com. Use promo code STEVE and get their new buy one, get one, $149.99 each offer when you buy a pair at mdhearing.com. As I mentioned, it is now time for our typical Tuesday segment named Fake News or Not. Todd, I understand you have a column that you would like to read for me, and we'll just kind of riff and react in real time for Fake News or Not. I'm just going to, I'm trusting you to not pull any fast ones on. No, I'm trusting you uh, just kind of riff just kind of go with the uh, with whatever feels right to you here. You can either read a little section of the column. I intentionally did not want Todd to give me really much of a clue of what was coming here. So you can kind of take this wherever you would oh, like to, I, brother. It's providential. Uh, listen, in the first half hour, we talked about how did Steve, this guy, he reminds you uh, regularly, uh, you know, born to a 15-year-old mother. Why does he have the family... He has this this job, this, uh, this this platform. How did this movie get made? Well, he's been obedient. Riley Gaines. Why does she have this courage? Because she's obedient. So what about the rest of us? Are we fake news? What is our excuse? And so Steve, uh, his Easter column, interestingly enough, talk more nefariousness. Uh, it was submitted last week, Thursday, but in the middle of the weekend got bounced back. And then with everything Steve's going on, uh, it, no one's had eyes on this yet. So uh, I'm going to read uh, Steve's Easter column because it has everything to do with what we've just talked about. And then Aaron can decide if the rest of us are fake news or not. So how do we get from Palm Sunday to Good Friday? From parade to crucifixion in the span of five days? Well, according to the Gospel of Matthew and all the Synoptic Gospels, the first thing you do if you are the Son of God after the party dies down is head straight to the temple, turn over some tables, and call out the imposters in your midst. The first thing. Not feeding the poor, curing the sick. That all came before Holy Week. But now, when death is about to be conquered by the greatest love of all, and mere seconds are left on the clock to say all that needs to be said, Jesus establishes with zero ambiguity that his love rests hand in hand with a hatred, yes, hatred, of illegitimate, abusive, and unrighteous authority. He hates it. 
Quote, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people, for you do not enter in yourselves. End quote. The parables of the landowner and of the marriage feast flat out compare the religious leaders of the Jews to murderers. That's not subtle at all. Also not subtle is the Lord's path out of all that darkness and nonsense. Be like children. Be obedient. Do what your father says. Accept the authority that counts every hair on your head as surely as it counts every star in the universe because he made all of it and you will not be forsaken by him. We are a stiff-necked people though and have spent a lot of the last 2,000 years shutting off the kingdom of heaven because the latest greatest expert class has a better idea than going in and sitting childlike at the feet of the master. And that's when the devil sees an opening to have the most fun with us. For example, take Nebraska right now where opposition to puberty blockers, genital mutilation, boys and girls locker rooms, and boys playing in girls sports, you know, what used to be called sanity, has led two female Democrats, and you might remember we highlighted one of them on the show a couple weeks ago, the one who went on your rant and said she's going to filibuster anything. Well, that that's going on as we speak. Two female Democrats to make the world flat for everyone else by filibustering every single bill to come through the unicameral Nebraska legislator, no matter what its content for more than 60 days. Nothing has been passed. Nothing, no matter what the topic. This is the courage of their conviction. It's not enough that they are content to destroy their own children. One of them has a transgender child, but such is the courage of their conviction that they will crack the whip of authority despite being totally outnumbered. Meanwhile, listen to this lament by Nebraska State Board of Education Representative Elizabeth Tegmeyer about the Nebraska GOP's refusal to stand and deliver when the legislation focusing on puberty blockers and genital mutilation came out of committee and began open debate on March 21st. Here's her quote. Despite having a majority of senators with an R by their name, we only have 29 votes for this bill and need 33. My Western Nebraska senator began his floor comments this morning by acknowledging that our area is conservative and that his constituents want him to support this bill, but he has his own opinions. He refuses to believe that hormone blockers are irreversible and states that the only way to pass this bill is to attach an amendment allowing hormone blockers. Floor debate became so heated that a senator made a motion to cease debate, which, has de which was denied by the chair. The senator made a point of order to overrule the chair, which succeeded. A vote to end debate passed and our unicameral uh, adjourned for the day. Nebraska has always been a red state with a small population of only 2 million. However, the spirit of the age seems to want to show the nation that he can reign even in our state. In 2021, you may remember, our elected State Board of Education introduced health standards that would have taught children in early elementary about same-sex couples and introduced transgender ideology as young as third grade. By 7th and 8th grade, students would learn about vaginal, oral, and anal sex, as well as how to access an abortion. These health standards were indefinitely postponed in the fall of 2021. Nevertheless, three of the four seats that are up for election in 2022 on, on that uh, Board of Education were won by conservatives vying to permanently reject the standards. I am one of those conservatives now serving on the board. During my campaign, many of the senators who are now waffling supported my campaign. I cannot reconcile the hypocrisy. I don't believe that our senators were as dismayed by the filibuster as the Nebraska voter. I think they welcome it because they don't want to take a stand and do what they were elected to do, end quote. Now, this is Steve in his column again. In my home state of Iowa, debate on the same issues was over in a day and the innocent were protected from the madmen and witches in our midst. 
So what's the difference? Simple. In Nebraska, too many refused to be like children and thus became the sort of people who either vote to experiment on them instead or do nothing as the disgusting debauchery happens. Generally speaking, we have taken far too much authority unto ourselves as Americans and nothing short of Western civilization now teeters on the brink because of it. Yet with Easter now here, we are reminded that death has no sting if only we believe. Believe that we are not all there is. Believe that we have a Father in Heaven who wishes eternal glory for us. Believe that He has been clear with us about what will make us happy and prosper and what will make us miserable and destroy us. Dispense with your fig leaves. Accept that you are a child of God. Obey the ruler of the universe. End the madness. It is the only way. Aaron, fake news or not? Yeah, we're, we're fake news. At least, at least Nebraska is right now. So this is a, um, one, of, one of the legislators, state legislators mentioned there. One of the legislators mentioned there is uh, who's waffling, a Republican who's waffling, is from western Nebraska, correct? Uh, west, I, no, west Nebraska legislator. Nebraska in general. Sure. Nebraska in general. It's a very rural state outside of two pockets, Omaha and Lincoln, of pretty urban, uh, urban settings. Nebraska, as we've talked about, I think when we uh, talked about uh, Megan Hunt, Megan yep, Hunt, is. Megan Hunt, when we talked about Megan Hunt. And her and the Democrat coalition there's a promise to basically filibuster any legislation. We talked about how, hey, you think you think Nebraska. You think Nebraska is this uh, just completely beet red paradise. Spirit of the age is coming for you as well. You know. I, I think I'm understanding. You've said this multiple times, Todd. In the past couple of years, we need to spend 40 years in the desert. Mm -hmm. That might be what's coming to Nebraska right now. That's a place that you would think I can go out and literally in the middle of nowhere and I won't be touched by the madness. Wrong. Wrong. Because you couldn't show even an ounce of the fortitude and the courage of conviction when you were actually empowered to do something about it that Riley Gaines has when she's not an elected official. Because of that, the cult is coming to Nebraska. Pick a place, any place in Nebraska. If you cannot muster... If you can't muster just a little bit, just a little bit, it doesn't even take that much, Todd. How much courage does it take to say, hey, chemical castration is bad? I bet any one of those, even some of the Democrats would say, hey, female genital mutilation in Africa and the Middle East, that's really bad. We should put an end to that. How much courage of conviction does it actually take to say that in Nebraska? And yet, and yet... Because of the red state syndrome, maybe I should trademark that word, the red state syndrome, and it's not just Nebraska, don't think that we're picking on them. It's almost, almost every 
with limited exceptions, Florida, Iowa being two of them. With almost every, with with almost uh, in almost every case, red dominated states are where you will find some of the most feckless, cowardly penis possessors anywhere. They can't muster up. They can't muster up enough courage that one legislator can't muster up enough courage to just say, yeah, chemical castration is bad. We're not going to do that in the great state of Nebraska. And then on top of that, you have the rabid lefties there holding up all legislation. Holding up all legislation because they want to mutilate kids and allow them to be chemically castrated. And the implication that I got from that column, Todd, is that some of these Republican lawmakers in Nebraska are totally fine with that filibuster because it means they don't have to stick their neck out at all. If you live in a red state like this, where, as Steve likes to say, if you see a Democrat walking down the street, you call 911 because they're just that so few and far between. If you live in a red state like this, what are you going to do about this? You know, a criticism that we receive fairly regularly, it's not ubiquitous, maybe your experience is different, Todd. A, a criticism that we receive, we got this a lot during COVID, is, guys, I agree with everything you're saying. I agree that um, just cowardly Republicans are as big or bigger threat than the rabid cultist Democrats. What specifically do you want us to do? Now, we could come up with a number of things. Chief among them, organizing, triple-braided cord, all of that, you know. You could organize. You could get together, form somewhat of a, uh, of, a, uh, of a posse, if you will, and just dominate your local area and say, I don't care what or they are or are not doing in the Nebraska State House in Lincoln. I don't care what they're doing there in our school district and in our hospitals and in our community. We're not having any of this, lead, this madness. You can, you can just openly defy. That would be one thing. That's really hard to do. I would say, though, Todd, it is time, truly, I, I understand the question, what do you want us to do about it? I, I, to I totally do. It is time, truly, for you to answer your own question. My brother, my, one of my brothers, I won't name him specifically, one of my brothers used to drive me nuts. As I am wont to do, as a little brother, I have a lot of questions and I can be incredibly annoying. And I would ask one of my brothers in particular a question that I'm you know, earnestly asking. And he would just tell me, go look it up. Go figure it out yourself. It's one of the best pieces of advice. It frustrated me then. I thought he was being kind of a jerk. That's actually one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from any of my brothers. Go do the work yourself. Figure this out yourself. That's not to say that once you do start doing something that uh, you're just kind of out there uh, with your you-know-what flapping in the wind, there are others who will come alongside you, as we have done on this show, with numerous causes around there. But if you're tempted to listen to us lampooning 
these red states and think, well, what can I do about it? Todd, I think the answer is we need to figure out because every area is different. Every dynamic is different. Take it upon ourselves to figure out what we can do within our own power. I will say the only thing, generally speaking, is to organize and insulate yourself as much as you can through soft and hard power. And hard power, I mean, you know, I, I mean, uh, lest Media Matters is, is listening again. Hard power, attaining power through elected office in your local communities. Soft power, meaning forming, uh, forming groups and other advocacy organizations to really turn the screws on legislators. Th- things like that. But it's time to put in the legwork. Because this is, quite frankly, unacceptable. And again, lest you think we're just picking on Nebraska here. This is a dynamic that is at play. Just look at Daniel Horowitz's from Conservative Review. Look at his Twitter feed on any given day. This dynamic, this red state syndrome, is basically ubiquitous. You don't have to look any further than really South Carolina. That place is a cesspit of red state syndrome, where we have all of the power and are not going to use it at all to deliver for a base at all, because screw you, that's why. So, yeah. Are we fake news in light of the column that you just read, Todd? As of yet, yes, we are. As of yet, yes, we are. And that will continue to be my pat answer to questions like this. What was your moniker back in, um, I think, 2017? No, 2016. Status quo is the status quo Mm -hmm. until it isn't anymore. That's the status quo until it isn't anymore. I think the status quo a lot of us need to shatter is when we talk about our faith, do, do my words are important here. Do we accept it as reality? Like one plus one equals two reality, gravity, reality, because we don't, we accept gravity as reality. So if we don't just jump out of airplanes without a parachute, but that's exactly what we're doing in this culture by how many, I don't know if you, if you feng shui this and look at the transgender issue from the certain angle, I think we could shoehorn this uh, and make it pretty Jesus-y. No. Is your faith reality? I, it, if it's just Oprah, self-help, things like that, it's, th- th- you get my, you know, my truth is not your truth. We've basically been doing that for a very, very long time. Because reality applies to everyone. And that's not judgy. Again, that's reality. Gravity, saying gravity exists is not judgy. It's not, it's not judgy to say this is the truth of our faith. It raises people from the dead. Judge not lest ye be judged. Now, if you, if you understood that and didn't tell other people about it, and then acted all high and mighty. Then you've got a problem. If you act all high and mighty about it, don't go out there. Share that truth because it's so fundamentally important. Then you got a problem. But simply explaining, telling people one plus one equals two, we've convinced ourselves we're sinning as Christians when we do that. That's, that's the ball game. Jesus loves you so much, he died for you, and you can live with him forever. Don't tell them that because, you know, other people have different realities. No, they don't. 
You're not a Christian if you believe that. We have got to stop this nonsense. Again, bringing it back to the first hour, the reason you see what Steve is possible, uh, capable of, and what Riley Gaines is capable of, and why we stepped forward and did this show today, despite what Steve is going through, is because of what I'm talking about. Childlike. We don't want to be, think about obedience, childlike obedience. Aaron sees it every day now with his child. The, the, the love that they connect you to. Now, even my four children, I love them. They love me. Now they have some questions, but there is still the seeds were planted, those mustard seeds now, and they are all confessing Christians. They have showed a current co conviction in their own life. They respect their father and mother enough that even uh, when they don't necessarily instinctively agree, it's planted in them. That's, that, that's a, a version of the faith that we are supposed to have for the father. Be childlike. Keep it simple, even when it's hard. That's your salvation. Simple when it's hard. Children are protected so much because of that love, because of that guidance. And then we put on the expert suit. All of us do it. The church right now is choking the life out of itself with that. Your salvation means that you have got to spend a lot more time kneeling in humility to the truth that you say you believe. Because if you really believe it, it's, it's a place you want to be. You're, Steve's told you about his conversion story. He was he was brought to his knees by forces he did not understand and his entire world changed. And now a lot of people's entire world changed. Keep it simple. It will get through, through all of it, even if you don't understand how, how. Love through suffering. We started this show with it. We're going to move on and talk with Anna now and, uh, and have some fun. But love through suffering is what you were meant to just understand as Easter just passed. That was not just a day for nice weather and picnics and Easter egg hunts and family getting together. All of that will be shattered in the end if you do not make first things first. Accept the authority of the universe and be childlike unto it and all joy will ultimately come your way. Talking about... Uh the failures of, of previous generations to vanguard this experiment called America. It is daunting right now. I, again, invoke our guest in, in the first segment, or in the last segment, I should say, Riley Gaines. I would guess she had wished the responsibility, and it is a responsibility that she felt deep in her soul to speak out for those who don't have a voice. I would guess that she wishes that had never happened. We just remarked during the break, you said, I can't believe she was, she's real. And yep. I said, I wish the necessity for her were not real. It can seem daunting. Is it true that previous generations did not vanguard this experiment? Yes, it is. 
but we're here now. Would be like Frodo, I wish the ring had never come to me. Right. So do all who live to see such times. But all we have to do is decide to do with the time that's, that's given to us, as Gandalf replies. That is our challenge. That's our challenge. Before we move on, I want to tell you about our friends at Better Spectacles. Are you unhappy with uh, your pro- progressive glasses? Have you been told to go home and get used to your progressive glasses? Not Steve. He wears these every day. They look pretty sharp, I might add. He uses Better Spectacles now. Better Spectacles is a conservative American company offering Rodenstock eyewear, 144 years old German company and the world's gold standard for eyewear, exclusively for the first time in the United States. Rodenstock scientists use biometric research to measure the eye of over 7,000 points. They've taken their findings from over 1 million patients and combined it with artificial intelligence. The result, biometric intelligence glasses, or BIG, which gives you seamlessly natural experiences that work perfectly with your brain and the sharpest vision at all distances, including up to 40% better at near and intermediate distances. 98% of people who have better spec or go spec lenses, including Steve, recommend them. Go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve to schedule a teleoptical appointment. You don't even have to leave your own home. Don't settle for your eyesight. Don't settle with your eyesight. Go big. Go with the biometrical intelligence glasses for, from Better Spectacles. They're offering an introductory 61% off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. Great eyeglasses change lives. Go now. Betterspectacles.com slash Steve. That's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. When we return, we will be subjected to torture known as TikTok, courtesy of Anna Hibbs. That's coming up right now. To wrap things up on the Steve Daceless Steve Dace Show, thanks for coming along on the ride today with Todd and myself. We'll be joined by Anna Hibbs in just a few moments. I want to tell you this as well. Coming up on Overtime, heartbreaking. The worst person you know made a great point. We're going to be talking about Jon Stewart, absolutely embarrassing a glorified bureaucrat in the Department of Defense. Todd has not seen this video, so I'm going to hit it with hit him with it cold and discuss discuss what we learned and just get our gut reaction to this. But in the meantime, as I mentioned, we are joined once more for the weekly segment of cruel and unusual punishments by Anna Hibbs. Anna, why are you, why did you come back to torment us today? You guys can't get rid of me that easy, you know, because at first I was wondering if I was going to be on today or not, but I have to break it to you all. It was Todd that confirmed that I was going to be on today. So if you guys don't like this, you can thank Todd for me being here. That's a great deflection. (laughs) Great deflection. You know, I'm all about the coattails and I'm contractually obligated to make sure that uh, you do uh, what you do here when you... (laughs) Just poke and prod, and um, you're up. <laughs> what are we doing today, Anna? Uh, so, I know we have some TikToks because you sent those to me. Obviously. What are, we, what are we doing to try to avoid that fate? So I thought, um, in the spirit of my dad, Steve Dace, we would do some Steve Dace trivia. How well you guys know 
Steve Dace. So I tried to throw some easy ones in there. I tried to throw some hard ones in there. Um, so yeah, so I have three categories. I have just kind of in general Steve Dace trivia. I have um, Steve Dace book trivia. Oh, no. And I have did Steve really say? Okay, so same rules apply. Um, if you guys get one wrong, then a TikTok. If you guys get one right, then maybe a TikTok at the end because I didn't find them for nothing. We still have to watch at least one. So who okay. wants to go first? Todd wants to go first. He told what me was the first the category. Uh, just in general, Steve Dace trivia, and then you've got book trivia, and then you have did Steve really say? Let's go with that first one in general. Okay. Let's do this one first, okay? So easy one, if you know him. So I need month, date, year. When is his birthday? Uh, his birthday is in June. Uh, right? It's, I think it's June. You cannot help. It's, uh, it's, sorry. <laughs> It's in the summer, and he's a year younger than I am, so he was born in 73. I don't know the day. So su a summer 73 is as, is as close, quite classic. frankly, as the uh, dude code allows. If I knew exactly <laughs> his birthday, you would find that troubling. All right. Well, I mean, technically it is the summer of 73. I mean, Aaron, what do you think? He didn't give the full answer. It's July 23rd. 1973. All right, let's play that first uh. TikTok. The men's restrooms are over there. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were... Sorry, what? Oh, my. Oh, the men's oh. restrooms... Over well. there? As one time I will ever recommend someone always wear a mask. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is... I mean, as TikTok goes, it's like, okay, I can see that's a dude with a mental illness there, but, you know, we're, we're I mean, this is middle of the road, mental, middle of the road, you know, insanity. We're so screwed. <laughs> she just said, that's easy if you know him. That's what, <laughs> that. See, I was thinking like, I mean, I, I wrote down when is my dad's birthday, right? And I called my husband, Stephen, and Stephen was like, that's going to be really easy. And I was like, I just, you know, I like to help them out. Like, I don't want to torture them all the time. What is his birthday? Sweet. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> thought it was going to be easy for two other yeah. dudes. You, because you guys are like, Thanks. you guys are like a little family here. Mm. His birthday. <laughs> oh, we love you. His birthday is July 28th. Oh, man. 1973. So, happy birthday, summer of 73. So, okay, Aaron, general day's trivia, did Steve really say, and his book trivia. Book trivia. All right. How many books has Steve Dace wrote slash, like, co-wrote? Okay. Got Without a Vision, Rules for Patriots, uh, Nefarious Plots, um... Fauci and Bargain, Nefarious Carol, Why Thanksgiving, uh, let's see, Do What You Believe, and uh, Rise of the Fourth Reich, eight. Uh, 
What one am I that forgetting? That is incorrect. What one am I forgetting? <laughs> that is incorrect. Go ahead and play that second yes. TikTok. So I'm reading the comments of, under the reasons why straight men have sex with men. And it's so important to understand. I'm a gay man. I'm attracted to men. And so I have sex with men. Bisexual men exist. And they're attracted to men. And they have sex with men. The straight men I'm talking about who have sex with men are not attracted to men. They're attracted to the sex act with the man, not the man. We have a sexual orientation, that's to whom we're attracted to, male, female, both, neither, a blend of both. But then we also have an erotic orientation. Lindsey Graham called and said, amen. Show was going so well. I, you guys were doing great, honestly. And I, I always kind of dread coming in here a little bit because then I feel like I walk in and you guys have had such like powerful conversations and powerful moments and powerful quotes. And then I'm like, let's show you just the trash of the earth. Yeah, we thank you for that. <laughs> but Anna. people like it, you know. A lot of people. <laughs> Who? A lot. Name I, them. Got, I, I Out them now. <laughs> I have people being like, we love that. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep one person came up to me specifically and said, we love when you broke Todd. We love watching him broken. And I was like, he is a good watch. America. (laughs) He is a good watch broken. All right, Todd. Oh, well, the category we haven't done yet. Whatever that was. Let's go there. Okay. So this is, did Steve really say quote, They'll tell you you've t- you're too loud, that you need to wait your turn and ask the right people for permission. Do it anyway. Um, Did man. Steve really say that or not? It's Todd's turn. I can't help him. It's, I mean, in spirit, it's definitely Daisy. The language, though, I'm not so sure. But I'll, I'll say yes, he no. said it. He did not say that. In fact, AOC said that. Yep. Good old, good old AOC. So, Todd, uh, not t- only did you subject us to a second, <laughs> for a second time, to a TikTok, you also conflated Steve <laughs> with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Is, what do you have to me. say for yourself? He says all the time, they have the courage of their convictions. They actually do it. Our problem is that we don't. So I can see Steve saying, he said he has said that before. You just—it's just not the exact syntax, and unfortunately, now we almost suffer. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Harvey Quinn, and this is my new song called "Biden Boy." Baby, I'm a Biden boy. I'm a Biden boy. Democrats are number one. So we're going to take your guns. Baby, I'm a Biden boy. Just trying to make it. And you better get that vax. I know the medical facts. You better wear that mask or I'm going to kick your ass. Are we sure this isn't like Alex Stein-esque? <laughs> I mean, that's just so over the top. That's got to be parody. I believe it's real because why would you do that to yourself unless you hate yourself and your life? And that's why I feel like it's real. Was that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I hate myself and my life right now. Should I ask, can I ask a quick bonus question? Yeah, go ahead. Let, uh, w- ask the rest of them, actually. Okay. Okay. This one, I, I thought about using it as a bonus question before that last TikTok, but I have, who is Steve's favorite kid? 
who is Steve's favorite kid? Oh, yes. I don't know. Does he have a herd of goats or something? That, that type of kid or like Just, Like out of me and my brother and sister, who is his favorite? I can tell you I know the answer for a fact. Todd, you got well, this. That, then, oh, I don't know what kind speaking of rabbit holes. Well, if you know an answer for a fact, it's you. That, <laughs> that's the only real answer that we can possibly give. Wow. Is that it would be me? Do Zoe and Noah watch this show? <laughs> Are they on this show? No. Uh, wow. Ooh, wow. Have they been on the show? You are your father's <laughs> doppelganger. It's like he's there. I mean, that Steve, was... if you're watching and listening, it's like the spirit just right there, right now. I, was, I mean, I'd ask them. I just don't see them here every week. I so. just, I'm a little disturbed that <laughs> I asked that question. It was just Here's like that. Like that. <laughs> Here's a quote that Steve, I know your father has said. I like me some me. That's what you just channeled right there. Anna likes her some Anna. So the last one for the general days trivia was, um, this one comes from my mother. What was the first gift that my mom ever made for my dad? Are we just doing both of you guys now trying to answer? I can't. Uh, yeah, I know. I know what this is. Oh my gosh. I think I know what this is. I think it's, is it in this frame right here? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the matted. Um, oh, that was framed, the first framed picture of uh, of Steve's first column for the Des Moines Register. All right. Good. Pull I didn't know there, that either Good until pull. she said that. Honestly. Okay, so um, going back to all of the books, I actually had the question: name all ten books. There was ten. That. Huh. He has either written or helps to co-write. He missed truth bombs. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. What else did he miss? I don't know. It's got to be on the uh, shelf there. See, I'm trying to remember all that vision, you said. Let's redo a, the read number. Okay. What did you say again? So, without a vision, I think that's his first book, isn't it? Yes. Without a vision, the people perish. Sure, yep. I think it's just without a vision. Then the next one was Rules for Patriots. I think. Yep. Uh, I the next one it was a nefarious plot. The next one after that was Truth Bombs, which I forgot. Uh, after that, it was. Uh, was it Nefarious? No, it was Fauci and Bargain. Yeah, Fauci and Bargain. Nefarious Carol. Um, then it would have been Why Thanksgiving? Right? Why mm -hmm. Thanksgiving? Rise of the Fourth Reich. Which one am I missing? You are missing... Um, you are missing We Won't Get Fooled Again. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And Do What You Believe. Oh, you yeah. said that earlier. I said Did that earlier. Did you say that earlier? So, we were, they, so he's got 11 books then? Well, I've got Nefarious. I've got Rise well, of the Fourth Reich. I've got Fauci and Bargain. Well, I've got Nefarious yeah. Carol. I've got Do What You Believe, We Won't Get Fooled Again, Truth Bombs, Rules for Patriots, Why Thanksgiving, and Without a Vision. Did I miscount? Is what we... No. I no. Know. I think you're right. Okay. That would have been very embarrassing. That's a lot of books. And then the last one was What Year Did a Nefarious Plot Come Out? That was... 20, 20, um, it would have been 20, no, no, it, it came out 2016, wasn't it? That is correct. It was 26, actually, oh. I found out it was on my birthday. Really? So again, going back to the favorite kid thing, we can't overlook coincidences here. Didn't, didn't you voice part of the dialogue for Nefarious Carol as well? <laughs> Aaron, yes, I did. <laughs> Yes, in fact, again, yes, I did. <laughs> I did the narration for Nefarious Carol. Yes, I did. Check it out. Amazon or wherever you buy books. A Nefarious Carol. 
Just a seasoned <laughs> veteran over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Todd, uh, how are you feeling right now? Feelings update with Todd. Well, I just got done lecturing you about uh, true love is only possible through suffering, so I am full of love. <laughs> My <laughs> cup runneth over. Indeed. Uh, Anna, thank you so much again for bringing a little levity to a uh, another uh, otherwise fairly heavy show. Yep. Appreciate it. God bless yeah, your thank family, you kiddo. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, before we get out of here, I just want to talk to you about our good friends at Patriot Mobile. Americans have absolutely had it. They're done supporting companies uh, that rake in hundreds of millions, sometimes billions of dollars while trashing the country that made their success possible. Until recently, we just had to take it. But companies like Patriot Mobile are building a whole new economy, one which embraces the values that made America the greatest country on earth. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you can get the best possible service in your area. Plus, they offer a coverage guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to a different network for free without changing carriers. All this plus the knowledge that you're supporting free speech, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military and first responder heroes. They're 100% U.S.-based customer service team, and they are great. Makes switching easy. Go to patriotmobile.com Steve, or call them right now, 878-PATRIOT. Free activation today with the offer code Steve. Again, that's patriotmobile.com Steve, or call 878-PATRIOT. So, Todd, any final thoughts on today's show, minus Steve? Uh, you know, life goes on. I, there's no perfect plan. There's no cruise control to this thing. There never was for our country. There isn't for your personal life. One of the greatest blessings of your faith is that you don't have to guess at that. The Lord promised you. I mean, the, again, He's in a boat. The waves are crashing. He's teaching his disciples. They're terrified. It's like, where's your faith? That, that's not just some cute story you read to your children and then never ponder again. That's the point of your life. He is the master of the chaos. He will quiet it all if only you believe. Nefarious wants you to not believe that. He wants you to believe that chaos is inevitable. You have a choice to make. And as a Christian, the fact that you aren't clear about that, the more years you spend time under the banner of Christian, th that's a you problem. You got to make this choice. It is the 11th hour in our culture. I hope it's not the 11th hour in your life. I hope you have time. But ye know not the day or the hour. So again, Easter just passed. The Lord is risen. Be childlike unto his teachings and unto his love and watch the world change. Amen, Todd. Well, we will be back again tomorrow. We hope that Steve will be with us as well. After it is, after all, it is the Steve Day Show. We, again, uh, just on behalf of, I, I know, Steve and Amy and their entire family, would echo this the same sentiment, but thank you so much for the prayers, the many, many thousands of prayers that were uttered on behalf of, of Steve last night. Again, uh, more information on what's gone down with, uh, with him in the past 24 or 48 hours. You can find that on his Twitter page. He, he posted about it there. 
Until tomorrow, we'll be back in the overtime here for subscribers in just a little bit. But until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.